Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this first episode of our podcast. Emily and I are extremely excited to get going. Uh, We have had some trouble so far and we're finding our feet navigating how to actually do podcasts. Um, But here's hoping that it all goes well from here. Um, The question that we're going to be answering today is the three best things about full recovery. And uh, I'm going to jump straight into that one and go into my first one. And it's something that uh, I'm sure Emily will agree with, um, having a little bit of patience and having the ability to deal with slight inconveniences uh, (laughs) is something that I find hugely valuable now. I am certainly a routine person uh, through and through. I am someone who likes having more of a schedule than is uh, maybe just someone who can be completely spontaneous all the time. But uh, Emily and I have found a few hiccups um, <laughs> so far with filming, not not, not filming, sorry, um, recording this podcast. And um, I found an ability to, I think, sit with finding things quite annoying and it not completely throwing me, just having that little bit of patience. That's something that full recovery and being out of energy deficit has hugely helped with. Absolutely. Just being okay with things not going to plan. I feel like I had images of great professional podcasting with this. And I'm currently sat with about four pillows wrapped around me. So I'm hoping that this improves my audio quality somewhat. Um, But I'm going to jump into my first one now. And this is peace in my mind and my body. Real contentment just to be. And real contentment in stillness you know just having a day to myself where I can read a book chill out there's no conveyor belt there's no need to do it's just peace Um, and that for me is one of the greatest things about being recovered yeah absolutely I I totally agree with that one Um, I would say it closely links to my second one too with sort of the peace that I can feel when I'm around other people And in the relationships that I have, I think um, recovery really, really brought me uh, the ability to be at peace with myself on my own, but also that peace when I'm around other people. There's a real lack of overthinking that goes on and I'm able to be present as as I wish to be, engage as I wish to be and sort of hold those relationships that are important to me. Um, That's with friends, that's with my family. it's just all over uh, internal peace in my mind, wherever I am and whoever I'm with, I can sort of deal with those varying situations in more of a, a stable way than um, I could previously. So yeah, I, I would say in a nutshell, um, my second one would certainly be like relationships as a whole. Mm, absolutely. I completely relate to that. Just really being present and able to invest all of myself within the conversations I'm having within the relationships I'm having with people yeah no that's that's definitely something I relate to big time my second one is around brain space Um, and this one feels particularly relevant because 
actually when I first went into recovery I thought that my life was going to instantly blossom and that little pie chart you often see of a brain that is in an energy deprived state actively in the eating disorder where the vast majority of it is eating disorder stuff and there's not much room for anything else and then you see that kind of after of all the all the different segments of that pie chart I thought that was kind of what would happen when I first went into recovery and the reality was not that the reality was that my brain basically just became 100% about food. Um, and so for me, one of the greatest things about getting to the other side of recovery, getting out and being recovered, is really having brain space to explore the life that I want to be living, the person I want to be, hobbies, passions, relationships, my career, literally anything and everything. But just that, just that brain space to be able to explore those things. Yeah, 100%. And I I definitely share that experience with you, uh, that you sort of say that that strange in between where you are not necessarily engaging in your eating disorder actively, but you are by no means fully recovered. And you expect like the decision to recover to, to do recovery um, is just going to I think, enlarge your life hugely immediately. But actually, there is that middle period where all of your attention, all of your reading, all of your sort of podcasting that you're listening to, um, maybe or videos that you're watching is sort of recovery related and recovery content. And I, I did, I, I did recovery actions almost all day, even if they weren't directly related to sort of eating or resting. A lot of my mindset and and what I was thinking about was still recovery and I think it it has to be a very organic shift into living a life um, rather than sort of maybe taking on the advice from uh, people who who aren't in your head um, who maybe start suggesting that you should start actively seeking things to take on when in reality you kind of do just want to rest and a lot of your brain's priority still is on on food. Um, so I think it's really trusting yourself. Um, and yeah, I, I completely agree with, with what you said there, everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is really about embracing that healing phase, mm-hmm. really having compassion for where your body needs you to be whilst you heal and whilst you get out of energy deficit and allowing that transition to a place where your brain wants to spend time thinking about things other than food and recovery to happen naturally and organically and not to pressure it and not to feel worried that it's not happening at the pace you think it should that it will happen and that you can trust the process and you can trust your body yeah definitely and i i really um think that it's so important to to have that compassion, as you say, because it's so easy to almost want to rush yourself into living that full life, especially when perhaps you feel like you've missed out on so much, you will get there. And um, patience isn't something that I I think I have, I have mounds of, but um, I would say it's certainly something I had to almost um, force for this process to Mm. not rush straight back into doing too much too early that my body wasn't really communicating to me that I was ready for you have a whole um, life ahead of you when you are fully recovered and you don't have to be getting everything done right now when your body still needs that sort of exactly as you say that hibernation that recuperation Mm. phase yeah absolutely 
So coming on to um, my third one, um, I decided to go with um, the idea of having authentic energy for this one. Um, I feel like this is really important because I, during my eating disorder, still very much felt like I had energy, but it was um, a false and um, quite artificial energy. Um, I feel as though one of the one of the misconceptions uh, for people with eating disorders is that they underperform in um, basically due to having not enough energy. But in reality, with the people that I know who uh, have eating disorders, they they hold down jobs. They do a hundred percent of the things a hundred percent of the time, most often. And it is one of those character character traits, I think where the individual just continues on and plows on no matter what their body is saying. And you have this kind of relentless, almost martyr attitude towards mm. um, a lot of tasks. And for me, I, I ultimately didn't have the energy, but I got a weird adrenaline sense that I could just continue on. And no matter how how ominous the tasks ahead of me seemed, I kind of just got them done because that's just what I did. And um, there wasn't really any any respect whatsoever of what my body was communicating to me um, authentically. But there was this, yeah, false energy, which um, I no longer have. I have that sort of genuine energy, which I can I can fully use. Yeah, absolutely. And I refer to that that energy that you're talking about, that disorder driven one as the fumes of energy deficit. Because, you know, I felt while I was in my eating disorder, I was mega productive, you know, for the vast majority of time, I was super productive, I got everything done. I was that busy bee here, there, the person that give them a job, they've got it done before you've even finished the sentence, like, but it wasn't, it wasn't a joyful life. And it wasn't really like, a, like it wasn't life, you know, that was just existing. Um, and it's, I'd refer to it more as a conveyor belt, you know, I got up in the morning and my my day was just like, right, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and go to bed. It was like getting from A to B. It was an existence rather than anything else. And so, yeah, I absolutely relate to the fact that when you get recovered, and certainly as you move through recovery, you start to really notice that shift of moving away from the fumes of energy deficit, being hit by a sledgehammer of exhaustion and being like, oh my gosh, my body's finally communicating with me, all the tiredness that it should have been communicating with me. And then going through that and healing through that and then getting that more authentic, that more authentic energy and that ability to to live and thrive and, and be joyful, you know, the joy of life. So, yeah, absolutely. I relate to that. And I, I think you, you touch on a really, really important bit there, Emily, that that authentic energy for me didn't come instantly. It didn't come as I began to nourish myself more yeah. um, straight away. There was that period where. I, I felt like I'd been hit by a bus, um, to be honest, with the level of exhaustion that I felt. Yeah. And it was just kind of um, a bit of a, a strange a strange feeling for me, I, I think, because I was um, then eating more at that point and I suddenly had less energy than I ever had before. But I think that was when I truly began to 
really listen to what my body had been saying all along I just wasn't allowing access to so yes yeah, certainly an important um, point to to note you don't just suddenly get authentic energy as soon as you start eating more there is that that phase where your body um, does need to do all of the repair work and and will likely make you more tired yeah absolutely that the joyous thing of recovery you think it's going to be you know you start eating more you start rebelling against the eating disorder your life will blossom and you'll be energized nope that's not what happens you start to rebel your body starts to communicate with you you're really tired and you go into caveman bear mode and yeah it's it can be overwhelming but the the crucial thing here is it's it's normal it's what your body needs you to be doing and that energy to live life and the freedom and the the joy of life will come with time you have to allow that process um so my third one, and it was really hard to pick three, I have to admit. Um, I think if you asked me this question every day, I'd probably come up, you know, for a year, I'd probably come up with a different, different three every day. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, my one here is basically about the kind of a silver lining, I suppose, of recovery process. And for me, that is that I trust my body in a way that I'm probably wouldn't have done if I had not been through this journey you know the real deep connection that I have developed with my body by by recovering Mm -hmm. Uh, the ability to really listen to it to trust it to understand it and all of the stuff I had to this stuff I had to practice so hard I had to enforce and I had to practice day after day after day after day all this stuff is now stuff I carry forward into my life and it will serve me for the rest of my time on this planet. You know, listening to my body, if it's tired, I rest. If it's hungry, I eat. If it's energized, I do. Like those things, that connection, I think is, yeah, a silver lining of my recovery process and something that I love about being recovered. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's one of those interesting questions that you often get asked when you do speak of silver linings and maybe the beneficial outcomes of your eating disorder. So perhaps more resilience or character traits that you've had to build um, through your recovery. Sort of, would you go back and relive it all? Of, of course, sort of, you would not. Um, you wouldn't. <laughs> you would take. You would take a little bit less resilience if you didn't have to go through all of that. But I think I'm. I'm the exact same with uh, recognizing the the fruits that recovery brought me, sort of directly from doing yeah. it, but then also the the strength that it built. Uh, which I may otherwise not have had had I not had to sort of have such compassion towards myself during that that healing journey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, um, we're wrapping up nicely at sort of our our time, which we um, set for ourselves. Um, Shows that I'm new to podcasts because I was just about to ask you, Emily, um, any last words, which (laughs) sounds sounds a little bit (laughs) ominous. um, But did you have anything to close up this podcast with is maybe a better way to phrase it? Yeah, no, I think basically just I'm really excited for us to be able to answer people's questions on here. And I want anyone who's listening to this to really focus on converting this listening and learning into doing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just listen, learn absorb this kind of shared experience feel supported by by the words of people who have walked this path ahead of you and go and do because there is not a second of a day that I am not grateful for the fact that I beat this thing and I'm recovered and um, I'm sure that Hannah agrees with me there yeah definitely (laughs) I'm going to echo that and say 
the doing is the most important thing. You can listen, you can read, you can watch. Uh, and until you translate that into action, you will still say, stay doing the behaviors and your brain will keep watching those behaviors. So translate all of this um, research, all of, all of what you're doing right now by listening to a podcast like this um, and then use the resources that you gain, take them with you and do. Yes. Okay, wonderful. Okay, lovely. Finishing up now. Uh, thank you very much for listening and we hope to have you join us again. Yeah, speak soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.